Well, you can be seated. And boy, Jesus is a healer, isn't he? Yes, he is. And, and you're welcome to come back anytime and sing specials for us. You know, we'd love to have that. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Let's go there. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Going to do a little, do this a little bit different today. Rather than just giving you, you know, a whole bunch of scriptures, which sometimes we do. We're just going to have a couple of verses and then just go from there. Matthew 21, this will be in the King James Version. Usually use the New King James, but King James, Matthew 21, verse 10. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Who is this? This man came into Jerusalem and the whole city was moved. Take something to move a whole city. Take something to move just a few people. But the whole city, the entire city, Jerusalem, was moved. And they said, who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. This is Jesus. Who is this? This is Jesus. Some years ago, I put together a message on who is this Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? And I I did quite a a study on it. And then I went and I put, put, I found out just who he was and who he is. And I put the names of Jesus in alphabetical order. And so I'd just like to go through some of them with you here this morning. It's always good to talk about Jesus. It's always good to... To, to remind ourselves of just who it is we're serving. Who is this Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? He came into the city. The whole city was moved. Who is this? They said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And in my study, I found out that he's the advocate. These are going to be in alphabetical order now, all right? So he's the advocate. Was an advocate. That's a person who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause. And you see, Jesus supports our cause. We were lost and going to hell. And he came and he supported our cause. And he, and, and he did it publicly. And he went up on the cross for you and for me as our advocate. He supported our cause. He died for us. And now he recommends us to the Heavenly Father. Glory to God. He's the Almighty. There's none more mighty than Jesus. He's the Almighty. He's the Amen. That means so be it. He's the Apostle. He's the sent one, the one that came. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. See, Jesus was sent by Almighty God to come and to bear our sins and iniquities and to die for us and to save us from a devil's hell and make a God's holy heaven available to us. You see, he's, he's the great apostle. Praise God. He's the arm of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? That indicates power. He's got power. The Bible says that Jesus created all things. He created all things. There's nothing that, that, that you see. There's nothing in this natural universe 
that he did not create. Jesus is the creator, you see. He's the creator. He's also the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He authored our faith and he finishes it. Well, what does finish mean? He's the developer. He develops it, you see. When we, when we receive him as Savior, he comes into our hearts. And, 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 and he, 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 author, he gave us actually the faith to be saved. The faith that we get to be saved came from Almighty God. Can you say amen? amen. And he gave us that faith. He gave the same faith to all people, you see. He gave us that faith. And we, we receive him, you see. And he, he not only gives us the faith, but he finishes it. That means he develops it. He's the developer of it. He develops our faith. I'm glad he's developing my faith. How about you? Amen. He's the bearer of sins and sicknesses. The bearer of sins and sicknesses. These are in alphabetical order now. He's the bearer of sins and sicknesses. I'm so glad that he's bore my sins and carried my sickness and carried my disease. And he's done that for you too. He's the beloved of the Father. And we're accepted in the beloved. Don't ever feel unaccepted. Always feel accepted because if you know Jesus, you're accepted in the beloved. He's the bishop. What does that mean? He's the overseer. He's the overseer of our souls. He's the branch. What does that mean? Well, that has to do with lineage. We need to understand who Jesus is. You ought to go sometime into the book of Matthew and then into the book of Luke. And take a look and look at his lineage. You know, it's called the begats. And a lot of times people get bored with the begats of the Bible. But the begats are very important that they're in there. It's vitally important that those, you know, so-and-so begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so. You need that because, you see, we, we, can, we can take Jesus and we can go all the way back. And we can trace him back through David and trace him back through Abraham and all the way back to Adam and, and, and the Garden of Eden, you know. And, 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 and all the way back to Almighty God. And, uh, and, and, and so he's, uh, he's the branch, and we understand, you see, that, uh, that, that, that Jesus is not just, just, just a man, he's almighty God. And you need those begats, you need to see those begats and understand those begats that, to see that we're not dealing with just a, just a, human, just a human being. Now, he was 100% human, but, he's, but you see, those begats prove that he is deity, you see. He's the branch. He's the bread of life. He's the bread of life. Have you tasted of the bread of life and found him to be good? He's the bright and the morning star. He's the captain of the heavenly host. That means he oversees all the angels. And how many of you know he's assigned some angels to, to you and me? Glory to God. He's the captain of salvation. He's the chief cornerstone. The one that the builders rejected. Well, you see, he, he's been rejected by so many but he's been received by you and me. Glory to God. He's the Christ. That means he's the anointed one. The anointing is the power of God. He's got all the power of God. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed without measure. You see, me as a minister of the Lord, I have anointing with measure. You know, and, and as you look at different ministers and different ones, there, there's anointings, but they're all with measure, you see. But Jesus, he had the anointing Without measure. He is the Christ. The anointed one without measure. And he went about healing all who are oppressed of the devil. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him you see. He's also the commander in chief. 
Well, thank God for the commander-in-chief we have sitting in Washington, D.C. right now. But there's one greater than him. His name is Jesus. He's the counselor. If you need counsel, look no further. Go to Jesus. He'll help you. He's the daysman. Well, what does that mean? Well, Job cried out. Job, you know, Job, you've heard of him. He cried out. And he said, he said, God, is there no uh, daysman? Is that, what that means, is there no go-between between you and me? Isn't there anyone who can lay his hand on, on, on deity and also on humanity? And you see, if you look throughout the annals of time, there is no one that can lay his hand both on humanity and on deity. You see, God, the Father, can only lay his hand on deity. And all the men and women, boys and girls that's ever lived, all we can do is lay our hand on humanity. But you see, Jesus came as the great, as the great daysman. It's what Job said, the daysman. Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. He can lay his hand both on God and on man. Can you say amen? amen. Isn't that wonderful? He's the daysman. That's who we're serving. He's the day star. He's the deliverer. He'll set you free if you look to him. He's the door. He's the door. Neat thing about Jesus, he typically doesn't use doors. He just appears in the middle of the room or he'll walk right through the wall, you see. He, 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 he doesn't typically use doors. Why doesn't he use doors? Well, because he is the door. He is the door. He is the door. I like that. He is the door. If you notice when those apostles were gathered together, you know, at the night of the resurrection, the door, the Bible says the door is being shut. And Jesus stood in their midst. He didn't use the door. He just appeared right there. He may have walked through the wall. I don't know. And then eight days later, see, because Thomas, he wasn't with them the first time. Eight days later, they're there again. The Bible, notice it sometimes. The Bible says the door is being shut. And Jesus appeared right in, the, right in the midst. You see, Jesus is the door. He doesn't use doors. He is the door. He's the elect. And we become elect in Him when we make Him our Lord and Savior. He's Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's eternal life. He's eternal life. If you need eternal life, look to Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but shall have what? Eternal life. life. Glory to God forevermore. He's the faithful and the true. He's the faithful and the true. He's the fairest among 10,000. He's the one that you fall at his feet as dead. You know, John had walked with Jesus in his earthly ministry. And, and, and he tells us in his epistles that, he, that they, the apostles, they had handled him, you know, the word of life. But you know, some years after Jesus had been resurrected, John had been exiled onto the Isle of Patmos. And, and, and the Bible says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he heard beside, behind him the sound of like a trumpet, sound of many waters. And the Bible says being turned, he saw, and he fell at his feet as dead. You see, uh, uh, it's not like a lot of people think. A lot of people think, well, you know, that, that well, you know, when we get to heaven that, you know, Jesus is just going to be our, just, just our buddy and we're going to hobnob with it. Let me tell you what. Jesus is almighty God. And, and, and he's got to be handled delicate, <laughs> delicately. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, he's our friend. He loves us and all that. But he's God. We must approach him as such. And, and if Jesus were to appear right here in our midst, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. We'd all bite the dust. We'd all bite the dust. 
because of the glory and the power that proceeds from him. Now, it's nothing to be afraid of because when John saw him, he, the Bible says he fell at his feet as dead and then Jesus, he's, he's loving, he's loving, he said, fear not. And, and then, then he had him stand up, you see. Uh, because, you see, Jesus, he's awesome and he's powerful, but he's also loving and tender and humble, you see, and meek. Glory to God. Can you say amen? amen. He's the firstborn from the dead. Now think about that one sometime. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn from the dead. Now, you look at it, many people had been raised from the dead before Jesus. Isn't that right? Is that right? Many people, you look in the Old Testament, you see many people had been raised from the dead. You look into the ministry of Jesus, many people were raised from the dead under his ministry. Is that correct? So how could he be the firstborn from the dead? Well, you see, we often think in terms of, of natural things, but we need to think in terms of spiritual things uh, more than we do. And what that's talking about is he's the firstborn from spiritual death. You see, Adam died in the Garden of Eden spiritually before he ever died physically. Is that right? When he ate of that, that, that fruit. He died spiritually before he ever died physically. So Jesus came hanging on that cross. Hanging on that cross. Remember when he cried out and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's when his spirit... The Bible says in the book of Daniel, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. That's when his spirit was cut off from the life of God. Not for himself, but for you and for me. And the Bible is very clear. He died upon that cross. His spirit left his body. And the Bible tells you right where his spirit went. His spirit went in, 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 into the inner workings of the earth, went into Hades, went into hell itself. Yeah. Into the suffering side. And Romans, the, the book of Romans tells us he went into the bottomless pit, right into the abyss itself, right where you and I'd have to go if it wasn't for Jesus. But on the third day, the Bible says, in, in, in the book of Isaiah, says when the claims of a righteous God were satisfied, the Bible says he, the God the Father, see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And when the sins of mankind were fully paid for, the Bible says the Word of God came into that region where Jesus was and resurrected Him, raised Him from spiritual death. I'll put it this way. His spirit was hooked back up with the life of God. Right there, He's the firstborn from the dead. Glory to God. Firstborn. The Bible says He's the firstborn again man. He didn't do it for Himself. He did it for you and me. And then He came up out of hell. Went into Abraham's bosom. They had a worship service. He took the keys of hell and of death from the devil, by the way, on the way out. And the Bible said he made a great show of them openly over demon powers. He spoiled principalities and powers, the Bible said. When he was raised from the dead, you see. And then he went over into Abraham's bosom, paradise. They had a worship service over there, a praise service. I can't wait to hear Jesus sing. How about you? And then he was resurrected physically. His spirit came up out of there, came back up into the tomb, hit his body. The glory of God hit that body of his and resurrected it from the dead. Now, what's the difference between Jesus when he walks out of that tomb and he says, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. What's the difference between that body that he had and all those other people that had been raised from the dead, physical death before him? The difference is is that Jesus' body will never die again. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That's exciting, isn't it? 
And when we receive him as our Savior, that same power that raised him from spiritual death hits our spirit. We get born again. And glory to God, one day at the rapture of the church, we'll get that glorified body. I can't wait to get that glorified body. Glory to God. He's the firstborn from the dead. He's the forgiver of sins. Thank God that he is. He's the fourth man. What does that mean? That means that there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar. He was an evil man. And he said, everybody in the land is going to worship me. And there were four people that wouldn't worship him, but in this, Daniel would worship him, but in this case, three, I'm thinking of three, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you've heard of them. And they refused to bow, and the whole thing, he said, well, if you don't bow, you're going in the furnace, you know. And they wouldn't bow when the music played, so the king had them thrown in the furnace. And he had the furnace stoked up seven times hotter than than it ever had been before. It was so hot that when the people taking Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego down there, when they threw them in, the, the flames were so hot, it consumed the people that threw them in. And so after they'd been in there for a while in that fiery furnace, you know, Nebuchadnezzar goes down there to take a look and he looks in there, he sees Shadrach, he sees Meshach, he sees Abednego, but then he sees a fourth man. He sees a fourth man. You know who that fourth man was? He said, one like unto the Son of God. Glory to God. Jesus showed up and delivered him. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus is the fourth man. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He'll be there with you. You see, we see Jesus appearing in the Old Testament on several occasions. We see him as the fourth man in the fiery furnace, you know. But we also see him other places. One place I'm thinking about is, we don't talk about this too much, but remember when Joshua was getting ready to take the battle, uh, do the battle of Jericho, you know, and go in there and, and, and take Jericho? How many remembers that? And, and so we don't talk about this too much as we should, but we should talk about it more. And, 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 and so if you back up before, the, the, before the, the situation where they walked around the walls and all that, you know, if you back up in Scripture just a little bit, Joshua's walking around there and he's getting ready. He knows he's going to have to, he knows he's going to, have to go take this big city. And somebody appears to him. It was the captain of the Lord's host, Jesus. See, Jesus made what I call pre-Bethlehemic appearances. It's throughout the Old Testament. Now, one time, I just remember this. I'm thinking this was Samson's parents, I'm thinking. And anyway, there was like a flame of incense or something on the the altar. I think it was Samson's parents, but nonetheless. And and they're looking up there, and an angel of the Lord. Now, Jesus is not an angel. He created the angels. But sometimes the Old Testament refers to him as the angel of the Lord. And and, and the angel appeared, and then when he got done talking to him, he just went up in that smoke. He just went up in that fire. Would that freak you out? The Bible says that God is a fire from the loins up and the loins down. Jesus is God. He's a fire from the loins up and the loins down. What What do you mean fire? Glory. It's glory. It's glory. It's glory. It's glorious. God is glorious. Glory to God. And so he's the fourth man. And he'll appear in that fourth watch of the night. I remember the disciples. If you ever noticed, they were in that storm and they were about to go under. How many remembers that? On the ship in the ocean. 
The Bible says Jesus showed up. He showed up in the fourth watch. What does that mean? That means that just about the time that you're getting ready to sink, just about the time you're getting ready to go down, just about the time you're getting ready to go under, just about the time it looks like there's no hope, there's no way forward, there's nothing you're going to be able to do, there's no way out, I don't know what I'm going to do, Jesus will come along, glory to God, in the fourth watch. Praise God, and he'll save you just like he saved the disciples. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? He's a fourth man. In the fiery furnace. He's a friend of sinners. He's the gift of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's God's dear son. He's the governor. He's the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. He's the head of the church. He's a high priest. Glory to God. He's up in heaven right now as our high priest. The Bible tells us exactly what he's doing. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Glory to God. He's the Holy One of God. He's hope. If you, if you need hope, look no further. Just look to Jesus. He's our hope, you see. And then he's, notice these are all in alphabetical order. How am I doing so far? Am I doing all right? I haven't missed the alphabetical order yet, have I? And then he's Jehovah. Jehovah. See, that's the redemptive name of God in the Old Testament. That's the redemptive name of God in the Old Testament. He's Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh. That means he's our provider. Jehovah Rapha. That means he's our healer. Jehovah Shammah. That means God is there. Wherever you are, there he is. Wherever you go, there he's going to be. And guess what? He was there before you got there. Glory to God. He knows your future better than you know your past. And he still loves you and me. He's Jehovah Nisi, which means victory. He's our victory. Jehovah Shalom. He's our peace. Jehovah Sid Kedu. That means he's our righteousness. See, we have no righteousness in, of our, in and of ourselves. In, a, in and of ourselves, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But thank God we're not in and of ourselves. We're in Christ Jesus. If we've made him the Lord of our lives and he's our Jehovah Sid Kedu, he's our righteousness. Glory to God. You know, they did a study some years ago on this word Jehovah. And I don't know exactly how they did it, but people smarter than I did the study, and they studied the, the, the Hebrew letters and so forth, and they ran their computers on it, and, and things they couldn't do years ago before computers, but they ran the computers on, on, on the numbers, and, and, because each Hebrew, uh, each Hebrew uh, letter, I think, is equated with a number, and it's been a while since I've studied this, so I'd have to go refresh on it. But nonetheless, they, I remember reading this, and they'd done a study on Jehovah, Jehovah, and they ran it through their computers, uh, people smarter than me. And, 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 and these smart people ran Jehovah through their computers with these number equivalents on the Hebrew letters. And you know what that computer, when Jehovah, when they ran Jehovah in that computer, you know what that computer kept spitting out? Jesus is my name. Jesus is my name. Jesus is my name. Now that'll make you shout, won't it? Who is Jehovah? He's Jesus, glory to God. He's Jesus, you see. He's Jesus. He's the king of the Jews. Now you need to realize he really was the king of the Jews. You remember a while ago when I talked about those begats? So-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. You need to understand who Jesus is, father. Now, we understand Jesus was born of a virgin. We understand that. But he had a legal father. Does anybody know his legal father's name? And if you study those begats all the way back, guess what? Joseph, now what did Joseph do for a living? He was a carpenter but it shouldn't have been that way you know where Joseph should have been he shouldn't have been sitting in the carpenter shop guess where he should have been sitting in the king's mansion because Joseph was the king of the Jews 
Absolutely. Joseph should have never been a carpenter. He was the king of the Jews. You say, well, what happened? Well, when, when, the, when the Jews were taken away in the Babylonian captivity, that Davidic, David, you know, the Davidic rule was ceased right there. Joseph shouldn't have been a carpenter. He should have been sitting on the king's throne because he was the king of the Jews. You trace Joseph all the way back in those begats. You trace Mary all the way back in those begats and you'll see that, that Jesus is the holy virgin son, immaculate son of the living God, holy and pure. He's 100% pure God. And he's 100% pure human. He's a unique person of the ages. There's nobody like him. There's nobody else that I'd bow my knee to other than the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're talking about here. Jesus was in fact the king of the Jews. And Pilate got it right when he put that sign over him. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. But he's not only the king of the Jews, he's the king of kings, glory to God. Glory to God. He's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the lily of the valley. He's the living stone. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of lords. He's the master, the mediator. We have a mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. He's the Messiah. What does that mean? He was the promised deliverer of the Jews. And he came and delivered them, you know. And not only them, but us all. He's mighty to save, and he saves to the uttermost. There's no one that's beyond the saving power of Almighty God. He's the morning star. He's the most holy. He's the only begotten of the Father. There's no one else like him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That means there's only one like him. There's nobody else like Jesus. There's a false teaching out there that says, you know, that man one day will become God. But I'm here today to tell you man has never been God, man isn't God now, and man will never be God. There's only one man who is God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's the only wise God. He's the power of God. He's the prince of peace. He's the propitiation of our sins. What does that mean? He's the payment for our sins. His blood paid for our sins. He's rabbi. That means teacher. He's redeemer. That means he's the one that came and set us free. He's the resurrection and the life. Lazarus had been dead four days. Jesus didn't come. The reason that Jesus waited four days is the Jews had 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 an erroneous teaching that the spirit would stay in the body for three days after someone died and then leave on the fourth. So Jesus waited four days to come because he wanted to prove beyond the shadow of any doubt that the miracle he performed in raising Lazarus was beyond what anybody could explain. And he came over there and, uh, and Mary says to him, Lord, if you'd only been here, you could have saved my brother and he wouldn't have died. And he had a little conversation with Mary, talked about the power of God and so forth and so on. And she said, yeah, I know that my brother will be raised again in the resurrection. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Glory to God. 
And you see, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He's the righteous judge. I'm looking forward to Jesus judging things. There'll be no sleight of hand with him. There'll be no slipping something under the table. There'll be no paying anybody off. You know, sometimes judges get paid off. Did you know that? And sometimes they're very dishonest. But Jesus, he's, he's the righteous judge, and his judgment will be righteous. And you know, as, I, as I've studied the scripture, any time where I've ever seen that God has judged somebody, they don't argue with it. And do you know why they don't argue with it? Because even sinners know that when God judges them, that his, and when Jesus judges them, that, that, that his judgment is righteous. You know if you've done wrong. I know if I've done wrong. And the Bible says God knows what we've done. His eyes are open and he sees all that we do. And if he called your sin out or my sin out and God did it, you know he's right. We couldn't argue with it, could we? Because he's a righteous judge. And he might call our sin out, all right. But guess what? He gives us a chance to repent and confess it. And then if we repent and confess it, guess what? He forgives it and it treats it like we never even committed it in the first place. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Do you all know who I'm talking about here today? I'm talking about Jesus. The second member of the Trinity. There's God the Father. There's God the Holy Ghost. And then there's one right in the middle. And he's Jesus. The Christ. The Son of the living God. I don't know about you, but this is picking my spirit up a little bit. He's risen from the dead. Aren't you glad he's risen from the dead? He's the rock of our salvation. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the one who shall descend. What does that mean? The Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment. Twinkling of an eye. We'll be caught up together to meet them in, in the air in the clouds with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He's talking about the rapture. Jesus is coming again, praise God. He's getting ready to descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. And he's coming to take us out of here. Glory to God. And I'm looking forward to it. He could come right now. and I, He could come before I finish this message. And I'd be the happiest preacher in town. Glory to God. Believe me. More than you realize. He's the sender of the word. Didn't he send his word and heal him? He's the son of man. He's the son of God. But he's more than the son of God. Let me tell you, Jesus is the... He's the son of man. He's the son of God. But he's more than the son of God. He's God the son. You think about that sometime. And that'll bless you. He's a sure foundation. The Bible says, No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. He is our solid foundation. Glory to God. He's the vine, we're the branches. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're looking for a way, look no further, go Jesus. And by the way, he's the only way to the Father. No man can come to the Father any other way except through Jesus, you see. He's the wisdom of God. He's wonderful. He's the word of God. He's the one which is, which was, which is to come. He's the one who speaks with authority. He's the one who fed the multitudes. He's the one who walked on the water. He's the one who calmed the storm. He's the one who cleansed the lever. He's the one who raised the dead. Glory to God. He's the one who gives sight to the blind. I think about that fellow over there in John the ninth chapter who was blind from birth and so on and so forth, you know. And the disciples asked Jesus, who did sin, this man or his 
His parents that he's born blind said no. Jesus said no, it wasn't his parents or, or him that did anything wrong to cause this, but that the glory of God might be revealed. And he, he said, uh, he, he, he made some clay, you know, Jesus did, put the clay on his eyes, told him to go wash in the pool, and the man did, and he came seeing, you see. And the religious people, they got all upset and bent out of shape, and they, they went and started questioning this man, you see. And how did you get your sight? How did you get your sight? How did you get your sight? And, of course, I think Jesus did it on the wrong day of the week. He did it on the Sabbath day, you know. We've talked to you about that. No, no, you could heal people on the Sabbath. Well, how'd you get your sight? How'd you get your sight? And this blind man who now can see said to them, he said, a man called Jesus. Thank God for a man called Jesus. Thank God for a man called Jesus. A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed to receive my sight. Thank God for a man called Jesus. Thank God for a man called Jesus. I said, Thank God for a man called Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, Thank God for a man called Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah, this man called Jesus is who I'm talking to you about today. He dethroned principalities and powers. He baptizes in the Holy Ghost, glory to God. His yoke is easy, his burden is light, and he does all things well. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and everything in between. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you can't get excited about that, you need to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When he was coming to Jerusalem, the whole city was moved. Saying, who is this? And they said, this is Jesus, a prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Well, he's more than a prophet, dear friends. He's a prophet, all right, but more than a prophet. I've told you who he is. He's the one who never disappoints. And let me tell you, and don't ever forget this, you'll meet a lot of people in your life. I have. And every last one of them at some point will disappoint you. Every last one of them at some point will disappoint you including me, at some point, I will disappoint you. I remember I was a certain preacher many years ago. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet him. I'd seen him on television. And, and oh my goodness, I wanted to meet this guy. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet him. Glow in the dark, glue in the dark on television, you know. And I wanted to meet him. I wanted to meet this guy. And the years came and went, and finally, and I was just a young boy at the time. I couldn't have been more than about 21, 22, somewhere in there, maybe 23. And uh, I was with a certain pastor, and this, this minister walks in. And I go, hobba, 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 hobba. The rudest, most obnoxious, 
unloving. Crude, not crude, not crude. Just just made me, he was 100% successful in making me feel like a piece of dirt. A young 22-year-old boy. He disappointed me. He disappointed me. But you see him on television, he's, I love you, it's going in the dark. One of these days, and there's other people that I've met over the years, not, not to that degree, but you know, you get to meet them and you think, oh wow, you know, nice and wonderful, but not what I thought. I've heard about them, but I finally got to meet them. Nice enough, nice enough but not really what I thought. There's one person that you've heard about. I've told you a little bit about him today. One day, we all will get to meet him, Jesus. And when we do, I'll guarantee you this. You will say to me, Pastor, you told me he was good. You told me he was lovely. You told me he was fantastic. You told me there was nobody like him. You told me he was wonderful and gracious. But then you'll say, Pastor, you didn't tell me half the truth of how wonderful and marvelous this man named Jesus really is. Because he's the only one, the only human being you will ever look in their eyes. And there's something about his eyes, I hear, that'll hold you spellbound, like pools of living love. And you'll look in his eyes after you get up off the ground. And I believe with fear and trembling and tears in your eyes you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Thank the Lord for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. As the old song goes, there ain't nobody do me like Jesus. There ain't nobody do me like Jesus. I've been serving him a long time. I've been walking with him a long time. Since I've been a little kid, little boy. He's never let me down. He's always been there. And I love him so. 
hurts me more than anything else is when I see people not loving back. He loves everybody the same, but not everybody loves him the same. 